So tonight, I am going to tell you the greatest Christmas story of all time. But I need every single one of you in the crowd to do something for me. I need you to imagine with me that this story is playing out before your very eyes. As if you were seeing it go down right before your eyes. If you remember when you were a child and your parents would come in and read you a bedtime story, you could almost imagine the words in the story they were saying. So that's the exact imagination I am gonna need from you guys in the crowd tonight. Can you do that? All right. So this Christmas story is not about a fat man with a beard in a small red coat or his favorite reindeer. Nor is it about an elf searching for his father in a large, strange city. And you will certainly not see a walking, talking snowman. And it's not about a little girl named Cindy Lou who singing about Christmas. Or a mean old Grinch trying to take candy from her. No, this story begins over 2,000 years ago in a small village named Nazareth of Galilee. Imagine this village as a small place, no running water but a stream nearby, perhaps chickens roaming throughout the village. They lived in small huts back then. There was no electricity, cable, mall, or any modern-day essentials. But in this village lived a young teenage virgin girl by the name of Mary. Now Mary had been dating... Hi, Mary. I'm young. I'm a young village girl named Mary. Now Mary had been dating a handsome man that was an ancestor of David, and his name was Joseph. What? I'm Joseph. I'm your boyfriend. Oh, right. Now Joseph was a oh. hard-working man, excited to start a life with a nice young I'm girl. I'm hard-working boyfriend. and exciting to start a life with you. Now, back then, they would get married really, really young. But nowadays, you should totally wait until later. Middle school is not the place to find your lifelong mate, nor is high school, even college, or maybe a little longer. But Joseph had asked Mary to marry him. I'll say, well, you married me. <laughs> Does that mean, does that mean yes? Yes. yes. And Mary accepted. That's weird. Mary accepted. But little did they both know that soon God was about to change their whole world. You see, Mary loved God very much, and he knew 
she could be entrusted with a great task. I could definitely be entrusted with a great task. <laughs> now, one day, an angel of the Lord <laughs> named Gabriel appeared before Mary. What's up? My name's Gabriel. And he said to Mary, greetings, favored woman. Greetings. I can't stop. I don't... <laughs> greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Confused. I'm confused. Startled. I'm startled. And a little disturbed. And a little disturbed. Mary, I imagine, didn't know what was happening. I don't know what is happening. The angel then said to Mary, don't be afraid, Mary. Don't be afraid, Mary. Okay. For you cool. have found favor For with you God. you have found favor with God. <gasps> so here's the deal. So here's the deal. You are going to have a baby. You're going to have a baby. A baby boy. Wait, what? A baby boy. Yeah, listen to her. She knows. A baby boy. A baby boy. Here, this is for you. Congrats, baby Ooh, boy. baby boy. Yeah. And you're going to name him Jesus. That's super important. Nope. I like the name Aiden. No. I was going to go with Aiden. Right here. Look His at me, name's going to be Jesus. You're going to name him Jesus. That's like the most important Joshua. Part. Do you hear that? And the Lord, like weird, the right? big guy in the sky, is going to give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he's going to be kind of a big deal, like he's going to be the greatest Ever. The, like, ever. Forever. My ever. son. Your son. My boy. Your boy. Greatest ever. Named Jesus. And he will be called the me, son of the most high. Son of the most high. Let me hear you say it. Named Jesus. G, 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 no. Jason? Jesus. Jesus. Okay. There okay. it is. We'll yeah. go with Jesus. Right? Okay. Oh, Good. and BT dubs, he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Oh! Girl, right? My right? boy. Right? My boy. That's your boy. My boy. Yeah. Wait. But now Mary had a big question. How can this be? Nope. I'm not nope. married nope. and Stop. I'm saving myself for marriage. I got a ring on it, but I'm not married yet. Yeah, that's a kind of an important detail. The um, angel, I'm sure, said great question. Great question. But told Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you so and the, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. He's going to overshadow. No, stop. What is with you? No. So, Holy Spirit, baby. So the baby <laughs> born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Mm -hmm. Son of God. Jesus. So Mary had a choice to accept or not. I have a choice to accept or not. And because she loved God so much... She accepted. Because I love God so much, I'm going to accept. And told the uh -huh. angel, let everything you Deal. have said come true. Deal. Let everything you say come true. Double high five? Yeah. Okay. okay. That was my bad. That's, In other words, she simply said, God, your ways are better than mine, so your will be done. Now just understand for one minute, this was dangerous for Mary. Back then, you could not be 16 unmarried and pregnant. MTV did not exist. Women could get stoned to death. Now Joseph soon found out, and as you can imagine, it did not go well. Hey, Mary, you put on a whole lot of weight a minute. 
What is that? Joe, Joe, it's 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 not what you look like. It's not what it is what it looks like. It's a baby. That it's a baby? It's a baby. How could you do this to me? You have a you had a baby? But because he was a good guy, he decided to break guy. the marriage off quietly. I'll break it nice and quietly. But but no, no Joe, don't no. no. <laughs> Mary, I'm sure, was very sad by this. Maybe went home. I'm very sad by this. I'm and going break home. up binge. I'm gonna break up binge. my peanut butter it is. But quickly, Mary got over it and trusted God to work I'm out all the it. details. But God had big plans for Joseph, too. That night, as Joseph slept, he had a dream. You see, the angel was that's, back. That's me, Gabriel, back again. And he told Joseph the same thing he had told Mary. Joseph, Joseph, Joseph! Baby! What? Who are you? I'm Gabriel, an angel of the Lord. Is that why you have wings? Coincidentally, no, actually. It's a funny oh. story. I was in Albuquerque. The angel oh. told him, don't be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. Don't be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. She will have a baby. Who's Mary? You know who Mary is, oh, don't you? Oh, yeah. Mary. She's going to have a baby. Yeah, I know. Right. That was it's conceived huge. or made by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit did that. Conceived that baby. It's a boy. No, you filthy animals. It's a boy. Congratulations. It's a boy? It's a boy. All right. Well, hold on. Do you think he look like me? No, he's going to look like Mary a lot. Oh, um, that makes sense. Listen, and important detail. Yeah. Has to be named Jesus. I was thinking Aiden. Jesus. Jesus. Super important. That's important. Okay. Yeah. So, so the baby name? will be named sure. Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. Save People from their sins. That's, I mean, my boy? You, your boy. Like with a sword? N well, no. Okay. Yeah. But he's gonna be. But he's, I mean, he's gonna be awesome. <laughs> so Joseph my woke boy. up and did exactly what the angel said. I'm awake. Are you awake? I'm gonna do exactly what you told me to do. Great. He had yeah. to go make some apologies to Mary. <gasps> Mary! What? The, the same angel that visited you visited me and he told me everything. I want you back. You want me back? I want you back. Okay. I want to marry you. Okay. Let me get out of here. Ah, why is your house so small? Build me a bigger one when we get married, okay? It has nothing to do but with how big you are. But he got Mary back and he married Mary uh, and took her as his wife. Uh, uh, Okay. We're here to get married. We're here to get married. <laughs> so this works out well. Oh. Three months salary. Ugh. That's three years salary. Why is it sticky? Is it supposed to be months? Anyways, Mary, yeah. would you like to marry Joseph? Sure. Okay. Um, Joseph, would, would you want to <laughs> marry Mary even with all that going on? No, it's the Lord's. That's what they all say, honey. <laughs> It is. I, I think, you know, we'll probably have other kids in the future, and it's going to be... Honey, I'm, I don't, honey. I'm willing to... You're beautiful. 
let's continue this ceremony. Okay, let's do that. Okay. Um, you may now kiss the bride. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> We're married! We're married! Yay! And it's awkward. <laughs> now, The thanks. baby's there. Oh, sorry. Things settled down thing. in the village now that Joseph and Mary were married and expecting a baby. But it was not long before God shook things up again and made a way for them to go to Bethlehem, just as a prophet had predicted long ago. How are you feeling? Big. So, Pregnant. Yeah. Don't talk to me. Don't touch me. Hey. Hey. hey! Oh my goodness, you have a sword. They it's were time. just settling into their new life when they got the news from the Ouch. Roman Emperor Augustus. Who's I'm that? Augustus, the emperor, and I need you to get out of here. He was ordering everyone back to their ancestral hometown. Get out. So he could take a census. Is right she, now. That's, is Go. he drunk? I don't know. I'm a boy. My name's Augustus. Is he drunk? Get out! The Romans go. always look weird. Go! You gotta get out. Gotta <laughs> that's Wait, we gotta go to, and Mary go to Bethlehem. We gotta go to Bethlehem. That's where I'm to from. Make the Honey, to Bethlehem. are yeah. you kidding me? I wish I... Look at me. I see. It, no. Yes. No. I, you see, Joseph was from Bethlehem because his ancestor David was from there. My mom told me to not marry somebody from Bethlehem. So Please. as they prepared it's to make it's, it's the fine. move, oh, it's important to Just, understand that they did me. not don't have a right moving now. van a moving or van? a group of friends to help. My donkey. They packed up one donkey and everything they could carry to make the 90-mile trip. I'll get all our stuff, don't worry. From Nazareth to Bethlehem. <clears throat> all our stuff. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. Did I mention pillow. Mary was super big and pregnant now? And Joe, they... I'm super big and pregnant right now. I see. And they hoped she would not deliver baby you Jesus. You better hope I don't deliver this baby before we get there. Until I, they reach their new home. I hope that too. I want pickles and peanut butter right now. To be continued. Good thing men are never pregnant. So... We've all heard many versions of the Christmas story throughout our years. Probably none quite as epic as the 4641, but you've heard it all before. And what I'd like to point out is this story is crazy. But I think after you've heard it a bunch of times, you don't stop to realize that like the premise of the Christmas story is that God got a pregnant teenage girl, virgin, pregnant. There's a lot of virginity and pregnancy in there. And somehow God said to a girl, you're going to get pregnant. That's crazy. How many of you are 13 years old? That's how old Bible scholars think that Mary was when this angel showed up on the scene and said, yo, you're going to be knocked up somehow by God. <laughs> right? After you hear this story like a bunch of times and there's choirs of people singing Silent Night, it seems so magical and beautiful and flawless. But when it really comes down to it, what happens is there is a teenager that has the guts to obey God no matter what. When it comes down to it, there is a teenager that has the guts to obey God even though it's going to make her incredibly unpopular. 
There's a teenager that has the guts to obey God even though everyone else in her family and in her village is going to think she's cray-cray. There's a teenager that has the guts to obey God no matter what anyone else thinks. And the truth is, if you stop and look at almost every story in the Bible, it comes back to somebody is just crazy enough to obey God no matter what. Noah. Dude lived in a desert. And God said, yo, Noah, build a boat in the middle of a sand dune when recorded history has never known water to fall from the sky. We've all seen rain before, but from the beginning of time until Noah's generation, rain had never fallen. And God said, yo, Noah, go to the middle of the desert and build a ginormous boat and put a whole bunch of animals on the boat. And later, rain's going to fall from the sky. You don't know what rain is. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Crazy. For Noah to obey that, that was a little bit crazy. But he did it anyways. When God said to Abraham, hey, Abraham, I know you love living here, but I'm actually going to have you get up and move across the entire world to another side where nobody's ever gone before on purpose and you're just gonna move and you're gonna leave your family and your ancestors and you're just gonna like pick up a couple sheep you've gotten you know your hobo bag and just cruise out to this land I'm gonna show you where it is but you don't know that's a little bit crazy when God said to Queen Esther hey Esther by the way, there's a dude that's going to kill all of your family members. And so what I'd like you to do is put your own life on the line, young teenage girl. But going in front of the king and pleading for mercy for your people, exposing yourself to the possibility of death. When you look at the stories in the Bible, you kind of start to scratch your head and go, somebody had to obey God when it seemed crazy. When it sounded just a little bit nuts, somebody had to say, I'm going to obey, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it's socially awkward, I'm going to obey what I think God is trying to tell me. Take Daniel, right? Daniel's a teenager. His entire country gets annihilated. He gets drugged out as a refugee and shoved into a new country. And he has a decision to make. And he decides, even though there's a law that has been made that says you cannot get on your knees and pray to anyone but the king of this foreign land. Daniel gets on his knees and prays anyway because God told him to. And because of that, he gets arrested and thrown into a pit of lions, which he knew would happen before he prayed on his knees. But he obeyed God anyway. David, young kid, playing with a slingshot in the field while his dad's working, flinging some rocks around and trying to hit some targets he set up on a fence, right? And all of a sudden, one day, he as a kid has an opportunity to obey God and go in front of an army and take down a giant, not with a machine gun, not even a machete, with a rock and a stick that he flings and slays a giant. What do all these stories have in common? A young person 
had the guts to obey God when nobody else was willing to do it? And why does God a lot of times call young people to obey? Why does God say, I'm going to pick a teenager instead of some dude in their 40s? You know what I think? Because a lot of dudes in their 40s are stuck in their ways. They're comfortable. And it made them kind of complacent and kind of lazy. But teenagers have been known throughout history to be radical. To step up when no one else would step up. And to take the risk to obey God when no one else would do it. And so we find in the Christmas story, Mary has radical obedience to God. But we also find another character in the Christmas story that has radical obedience. And that's Jesus himself. I mean, you got to imagine, Jesus was already God in heaven, seated at the throne at the right hand of Father God before Christmas morning. He's chilling on a throne, carved out of a single pearl, overlaid in gold, with royal robes of majesty marked as the Son of God, the one and only begotten Son of God. And God the Father turns to Jesus the Son, and he's like, yo, Son, hey, check this out, I got an idea. Why don't you get up off your throne, you know, royal majesty and stuff, and take off your purple robes and lay down all power and all authority and all dominion over all the universe and go ahead and, and climb inside this tiny little 13-year-old virgin girl and be born as a baby. And then why don't you be, like, vulnerable and dependent on this 13-year-old teenage mother to feed you and burp you and change your poopy diaper for a while. And then why don't you grow up in a dusty, dirty town called Nazareth? And then why don't you teach the people about who I am and, and how you and I roll up here in heaven? And then why don't you, um, you know, suffer, die, and be executed on the cross? Like God lays out the plan for his son that in the end requires suffering and death. And guess what? Jesus could have been like, well, let's, go, let's call that plan B and let's revisit this idea because obeying your plan sounds just a little bit harsh. I don't think I want to do that so much. But Jesus said, even though it's hard, I'm going to do it. Even though it's hard and it's intense, I'm going to go for it. And so Jesus did all of that. He was born on Christmas knowing that Easter was going to happen. And he went for it. And I just wonder how many young people there are in this room today that would actually obey God. Even though it costs them their popularity. Even though it costs them their comfort. Even though it, it maybe makes them an object of mockery or ridicule or bullying because they take a stand to obey God. Sounds neat in a church, but what about at school tomorrow? It sounds great surrounded by all your Christian friends, but, but what about when you're surrounded by your basketball team? It's a whole lot different. And Jesus said in John chapter 15, he said, you are my friends if you do what I command. You're my friends 
if you do what I command. Not, not you're my friends if you're nice or you show up to 4640 and you sing some pretty songs. You're my friends if you obey, if you do what I command. That's how you know, that's how I know we're friends, that we're in this for real. So how is it that you and I actually obey what God has commanded? The first step is we have to obey his written word. That's the Bible. And to obey it, we have to actually know what it says. If we're going to, for real, obey God's commands, then we have to know God's commands. And that's why the 4640 pastors are often saying, hey, get yourself a Bible. Download, download you version on your phone and read it. And, and, and sign up for a devotion plan because if we don't read and we don't study and we don't memorize and we don't know the Bible, then we cannot do what it is commanding. And if we're not obeying what it's commanding, we can hang out in church as much as we want, but we're not actually Jesus' friends. That's what Jesus is saying in John 15. And so how, how do we be those kind of teenagers that God can use for, for radical, world-shaking change? Got to obey his written word. The second thing we have to do is we have to obey his voice. The distinct thing about the God of the Bible compared to the Buddhist God or the Mormon's God or the Islamic God is that we Christians believe that our God is still speaking today. That he speaks to his followers and if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that you can hear God speak. Not just pastors and leaders and important church people, but every single Christian on the planet can hear God's voice. And you and I have a responsibility to learn to hear God's voice and to obey it. Now you might be like, whoa, that just got a little crazy. Okay, God rarely, I have never heard God with my ears. I've never heard him like, Jill, this is me, Jesus. It's not how, you don't hear it audibly with your ears. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the Bible says the Holy Spirit lives in your innermost being, deep down inside of you. And the Holy Spirit of God who lives down inside of you speaks on the inside. How many of you have ever been cruising with your brother in the car and the car next to you like pulls up and it's thumping the bass and like your car starts to shake because their car is shaking, you know what I'm talking about? Felt that? Okay, you, you didn't hear it, you felt it, right? You know what I'm talking about? You don't hear God speak, you feel it in your innermost being. It, it's down inside of you and the Holy Spirit begins to shake things up and speak from deep down inside of you. And just to see how crazy this is, by show of hands, if you personally have ever, ever in your life heard God speak deep down inside of you like I described, just lift up your hand. Okay, that's for real. Okay, look around a tiny bit. You've heard God speak at some point in your life, okay? These are regular Students, regular middle school students, moms, dads, leaders, regular jobs, and a handful of pastors saying, whoa, 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 I hear God speak down inside of me. And then we do step two, we obey that voice. Now what you and I all need to know is that God never tells us to do something that is opposite of the Bible. 
If it says in the Bible, thou shalt not steal, the Holy Spirit is not going to speak to you and be like, snake that candy bar, that looks dope. It's not going to happen, okay? So it always aligns, it always matches up with the Bible. And that's why we have to know what the Bible says so we can obey it first. But then we also obey his voice. And thirdly, we obey God's heart. We obey God's heart. And what that means is there are things that are just in line with who God is, with his character. The Bible says that God loves the orphans and the widows. That God cares about the broken and the vulnerable and the weak. And so it's in line with God's heart to sit by the lonely, bullied, smelly kid at school and to care about him. It's in line with God's heart to look around and realize, hey, this kid, he didn't buy lunch yesterday. He didn't buy lunch today. I'm gonna buy him lunch. Why? Because it's in line with God's heart to care about someone who's poor and hungry. Does that make sense? So you're not gonna necessarily, maybe you'll hear God say down inside, you pray for your teacher. Or maybe you'll just say, you know what, God wants me to pray with people. That's always in line with God and his goodness and his mercy and his love for humans. So I can just, I can just assume that God will want me to pray with you. If you come up to me like, Pastor Joe, will you pray with me? I'm never like, let me consult the Lord if I should pray with you or not. It's always in line with God's heart to pray. It's always in line with God's heart to love. It's always in line, not in say have sex, I said love. It's always in line with God's heart to give and to share and to protect others. And so there are certain things that you and I can just do to obey God's heart by just doing the good that Jesus would do in that situation. And so God right now, just like way back then, 2,000 years ago, is calling and looking for young people, for teenagers, who can obey with radical obedience, who will say, God, I will obey your word, I'll obey your voice, and I will obey your heart. I'll be that crazy young person that takes that risk to obey, even if nobody else will do it, or even if I lose coolness points, or even if I'm uncomfortable, I'm gonna obey your heart. I'll go to my grandma's and help with the chores because my grandpa died, because that's just in line with your goodness. God's looking for young people to do crazy stuff, like obey him. Let's pray. God, we love you so much, and we're super pumped that you decided to give up your comfort and be born. And that's why we're celebrating all this stuff at Christmas. We're really celebrating you and your birthday and your willingness to like forsake your own comfort and just come down and live among us. And Lord, we wanna be the kind of teenagers that will radically obey you, who will listen to your words in the Bible, who will listen to your words spoken to us, and who will just obey your heart and do what matters to you. We love you so much. Bless us this holiday season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.